Hey, Cheesemosas. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Egby. And we are the Cheese Queens. Oh, what was that? <laughs> yeah, showing that we're real party animals over here. Oh, yeah. Friday night, getting wacky. <laughs> it's a rager over here. We don't even have any cocktail straight edge for you. Damn it. I don't want to be straight edge. Well, too bad. <laughs> we are the Cheese Queens. And if you do not know what cheesement is by this time, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but cheesement just means gossip. This could be their first time. It could be. It could be. My bad. Um, if you're coming in the middle of this, not middle of the season, but what would you call this? Post-wedding, post-honeymoon episodes. Maybe they binged it all at once. That's, yeah. No, I think a lot of people skipped it. Yeah, that's smart. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> Cheesemith, all it means is gossip. And we have the gossip. We have the tea about Married at First Sight. Today we're covering season 15, episode 7 in San Diego. But first, Igby, do you have any Cheesemith? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot happening this season. And it uh, doesn't seem like a lot is happening in the lives of our former Married at First Sighters either. Are they fizzling out? I mean, did they ever start? <laughs> That's valid. The only thing I have is this needs like it needs an official name, but it's YouTube's I watch so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a name. It's just very long. It needs a catchier name. <laughs> Vincent and Brianna they are expecting, as we know, they announced not too long ago that they have their first little Married at First Sight bun in the oven. And uh, they posted up a Q&A on their channel uh, about, you know, how pregnancy is going and things like that. I'm sure they get the same five questions over and over and over and over again. So it's like, okay, finally, let us just put this video out here so y'all can leave us the hell alone. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. So... Uh, the first question they asked is when she found out she was pregnant, she said that she took a two month work break uh, to travel and, you know, do some different things. She said on the first day back to work, she noticed that she was really, really fatigued. And she said that was unusual, especially since during the break, she'd been active. But for some reason, getting back in the office, she wasn't feeling it. So just on a whim, she brought a pregnancy test on the way home and it was positive. And she had no expectations whatsoever. She didn't necessarily <laughs> think she was pregnant. She just took one to take it and life came at her real fast. <laughs> but she says in hindsight, she was experiencing pregnancy symptoms when they were in, on vacation. I guess at the end of that time, they were in the Dominican Republic. And she was saying that she was having really serious cravings, like she could not eat enough empanadas. <laughs> She thought it was just because they were delicious in the DR. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> then she said she was also fatigued there as well. She said there were periods where she was sick and nauseous. Yeah. She says she was scared at first because this wasn't really in their timeline and they didn't plan for this. So this isn't exactly, wasn't in the cards as soon as they thought it was going to be. Yeah. She says that she wanted three or four kids, but Vince only wanted one. So in the end, they compromised and were thinking about two, possibly. And they had decided at about the two-year mark, they would start trying. And their two-year anniversary, I believe, is this month. So hmm. they're kind of lining up a little bit early, but... Almost hit it. <laughs> and again, if you're not trying to stop it, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> 
they do show in the YouTube video uh, the reaction clip when she told Vincent. Mm-hmm. And it was really cute. He was totally like, wait, what? What? Because he's like coming in from the gym and she's like, I have a surprise for you. Da, 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 da. And she like hands him the test and he's like, for real? And it's like super excited, but Aww. totally like shocked. They talk about their experience and quote unquote doing things backwards, so to speak. They speak to the fact that, yes, they've been married for two years. But again, that's also as long as they've known each other. So that's not <laughs> yeah. the same. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it sounds. They're still getting to know each other. Right. So that's why they were planning to wait a little while since they're still trying to get to know each other better. I know she already got one tr- one troll saying, I hope he didn't force you to have this baby because you didn't want it right away and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, y'all, if you, where are your just manners go out the door when you're on the Internet, I guess. Like, why would you even say that to somebody who's expecting <laughs> a stranger? No less. Right. She talks about that, too, in the um in the video. But another thing she says is they had couple goals that they wanted to achieve as well. They wanted to travel. They wanted to be more established, buy a home, all that kind of stuff before they start a family, which, I mean, that's pretty standard for most people. Yeah. Didn't they do all that? Yes, they have. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, maybe a little bit. They could have waited a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, that baby want to come now. Uh, She talks about the struggles and the frustrations of having a COVID baby, especially since it's the first time for the both of them. I know you can speak to that firsthand. She talks about having to go to her appointments by herself and how Vincent isn't allowed, like can't even be in the waiting room. He's they're trying to do the whole FaceTime thing and all this. And she's just talking about how it's just really sucks and just frustrating that even at this point, all this time later, we're still at that same kind of injunction, I guess. Yeah. I, yeah, that part sucked. What part that was kind of awesome was that nobody could go and see the baby at the hospital because you're exhausted and it's awful. (laughs) I was like, birthing a baby is awful. (laughs) And I had a C-section and I had lost a lot of blood. So I was like, you know what? I'm really glad nobody is coming in and out of our room and we have to host guests and all that stuff. That part's, you know, that's the part I like the most about it. But yeah, going to the appointments and all that sucks. And yeah, even to that, like people think, oh, a C-section is a walk in the park. No, that's serious major surgery. It's probably almost worse. Mm-hmm. I was there for like four days. Jesus. No bueno. This is why I don't have one. <laughs> Following up on, you know, how she wanted four babies and he wants one. I was like, have one first and then talk to me <laughs> later. <laughs> talk to me later after that. <laughs> that i was like that i want a huge family and after one of the first week i was like you know what he's special special little boy i'm just gonna we're good (laughs) and it's just so crazy it's just so different for everybody like you have those Mm -hmm. people like the damn plaster like the duggars where they have 20 kids and the mom just Mm -hmm. loves being pregnant and wants to be pregnant 24 Mm -hmm. 7 and or people that are like surrogates and just love it and yeah then there's just like people some people just like drains them Mm-hmm. and they barely make it through that's, so that's you just neat. never know i know my sister-in-law <laughs> has four and she's just like it's nothing her household is managed so well and i was like i couldn't do this i couldn't do this at all <laughs> but some people can have the gift and some don't and that's okay amen better than me i know that <laughs> i don't i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's true i do have a lot of disposable income and infinite time to myself <laughs> to do whatever i want <laughs> To each their own. <laughs> Amen. 
but she also shares that during her first appointment, she learned that she has three large fibroids. And she says that each one is between six and seven centimeters right now, and that they're continuing to grow. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely a concern. And she says this is why she doesn't answer or respond when people ask uh, how far along she is or when she's due, because of the fibroids, she looks further along than she is. So when she's saying, oh, I'm only two months, but has a basketball and people are Mm -hmm. looking at her crazy, like they did Phaedra on Real Housewives of Atlanta when she was saying she had her baby at seven months because she didn't want to admit her baby was out of wedlock. (laughs) And everybody's like, wait, you had your baby at how many weeks? And she's like, yeah, it was fine. He was nine pounds. It's like, wait, you had a like eight pound baby at 20 weeks. Like what? (laughs) And she just stuck to it the whole time. (laughs) That's really No, that's exactly what happened to me. I had those big ass fibroids and what's going to happen to her is she's going to have to go um, at one point, you know, at at a certain point, every, every pregnancy, you have to go every week, but because she has these big fibroids, she's going to have to go even earlier every week and maybe twice a week to a specialist. So, yeah. And so she says that's why she just avoids that question altogether because she's not trying to open that can of worms. And again, for her, it's really emotional it's a yeah. medical condition, like, and she's just trying to her- carry her baby to term, have it be healthy, have a healthy pregnancy and delivery, and mm-hmm. doesn't want to think about any kind of complications or anything that can go wrong. Yeah. So, and plus, she's first time mama, so even even if that wasn't a factor, that's scary all all by itself. Yeah. So stop being nosy. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> you never know what people are going through. Yeah. Oh, and then that's when she talked about a the issue with people talking about her uh, wanting to have kids or not. On the show, it made it seem like she didn't want to have kids, but it wasn't because she didn't want to be a mother. It was because she had health concerns. She has high blood pressure. So she Mm. knew that that was going to be high risk too. She says that they're monitoring it on a daily basis and she's doing good right now. Everything's fine. So luckily that hasn't been an issue. So again, you just never know. There are reasons people feel the way they do. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Someone asked about the gender. Uh, she, of course, wants a little mini me. She's <laughs> like a little girl. Vince says he doesn't care. He would love to spoil a little girl or roughhouse with a little boy. It doesn't matter to him as long as the baby's healthy. Yeah. And she says she can see that too. Um, she says, you know, the saying that a woman doesn't know true love until she knows the love of her son or however the hell it goes. <laughs> Do you feel that when you're getting hit in the face with the Buzz Lightyear sword? I was just going to say, <laughs> <laughs> um, I got hit in the face like three times today by a sword, by a foot, and by a ball. So I felt it. I felt it today. <laughs> you might have a welt to show for it. <laughs> no, it's not that hard. So it's all good. <laughs> now he started saying, sorry. <laughs> so cute. Stucker. I know. Hit me again <laughs> so I can hear it. <laughs> uh, she says they're going to do a gender reveal soon. She said hopefully before September. So that's pretty soon. Yeah. Believe it or not. So she says the doctors already know, of course, but they personally don't know. They've started decorating the nursery. It's all in neutral tones. So they want to do neutral with pops of color, depending on the gender of the baby. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of this is true because the end of the um, video was basically an ad for a rug company so they can pay for the stuff to go in that nursery, which I'm not mad. I get your money. <laughs> but it was all very cute, very sweet. Vincent, he, you can just see it. Like, you know how a lot of times they 
people do these interviews and Q and A's and stuff. And they're focused on, of course, the camera, because they're talking to us as the audience. Not one time his attention was 100% on her. Oh, and you can just, you can just see, you can just see it in his eye. Sometimes the shit show works. I love that. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. That's great. So baby soon come for Vincent and Brianna. Can't wait to see it. Yes. It's going to be a beautiful baby. I already know that. That's They're good true. looking. They are a good looking couple. Some juicy cheeks from yeah. Vince. <laughs> well, that's good stuff. I like that. Oh, what did you hear in the screets? Oh, not too many things. Um, first, uh, Katina from last season. Right, we had talked about her Instagram, uh, her company, whatever you would like to call it, her influencer kind of status. Um, she had started the First Date Boston page where mm-hmm. she would go and try out restaurants, try out different kinds of food and post them and all that kind of good stuff. Well, it was pretty, I mean, it was quiet for you know, for the whole pandemic. I think it was shut down for like two years. She hadn't posted. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. Um, But yeah, she started it up again and had her first post. So I guess she's going to try and and revive that brand for herself, which is perfect timing. I mean, people are still tuned into her, so. Get to the money. Yeah. Get to the money. If If not that, at least a free dinner. Well, speaking of money, how about somebody found where Stasha works they didn't put where like the company right they scratched out the company but they found her profile on the website and it says that she is the sales and use tax supervisor and her last name is barnes so she stuck with the with his last name and she did say that in the episode um, a couple weeks ago where even if they didn't work out she was going to keep the name barnes because she doesn't want her dad's last name so she's she, turns out she did so, but her profile pic in this uh, on this website is pretty cute, and she's wearing a big old Chanel necklace, dripping with real pearls. Okay, girl. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I ain't mad at that. I was like, damn, when she said her income on this episode, pretty impressive. We got preguntas. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. That means questions, y'all. <laughs> preguntas, yeah, means questions. <laughs> <laughs> Igby and I are not fluent in Spanish. We just know enough to get get by in in Texas. So, pónganse en parejas. There's like so many like dumb phrases that don't mean anything that I remember from <laughs> Spanish one. Why would I ever need to tell anybody to get into partners? I'm not going to. But that phrase is in my head forever. That's hilarious. I know my dad is just like full of disappointment. He's like. Didn't you take Spanish for like four years? How do you not know how to speak Spanish? No sé. <laughs> I can only do it when I'm drunk and I have no inhibition. <laughs> and I'm like fucking Telemundo. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So speaking of Stasha and Nate, they were, oh, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. They were sighted on August 6th at the Target at Rancho Cucamonga. Were they spotted in the dollar spot? I don't know. They didn't, it didn't go that far. I want pictures with these sightings. Or else you can just say it, right? <laughs> but it's hard. Like, trying to take pictures of people on the low isn't as easy as it sounds, I imagine. I once took a picture. Oh, you know, I sent it to you of Michelle Bolero from Pig Royalty. I do know. <laughs> I knew first. That's true. I sent it to you first. And then I posted to the sissy squad right away. <laughs> 
Snooch. Uh, next, I have uh, here's another spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. Somebody sent in a photo to Married at First Sight fan. It's dated July 17th. It's a picture of Justin with his dog. So, turns out, didn't give up the dog. So, what does that mean? Is the dog well behaved? Is Alexis still in the picture? Is it me or the dog? But according to this next post, spoiler, 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 apparently this person and her boyfriend attended Justin and Alexis's wedding and her boyfriend took care of Justin's dog during the filming because the dog didn't get along, as we saw with this episode, with Alexis's dog. And they break up largely over the dogs. So That's interesting. What a fluke to get a picture of him and the dog a month ago. The show Didn't the show start like 4th of July? I couldn't tell you. I believe so. Did we even know Justin had a dog at that point? And for this to be such a plot point, it's just interesting. The timing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. That's why everybody says Married at First Sight fan is like a producer. That's the word on the street. But they deny, deny, deny. So I don't know. I believe it. Did you see in their Q&A where they said that these new experts are only supposed to be on like one episode? Yeah, I did see that. I'm like, so what? The, why, are, why are you here? Do you think that's from the backlash as, as soon as they were announced because that guy was like divorced? I don't Who know. Who knows? We've been talking shit about Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal forever. They finally got rid of Viviana. <laughs> but she was the only like kind of legit one. I don't know. This show, Kuno. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So if you have any chisme, go ahead and send it to us. You can DM us on Instagram at Cheese McQueen's Podcast. And you can follow. Igby on Twitter at Cheese McQueens every Wednesday, unless she doesn't feel like it, but she usually does. Live tweets the episode, and it's always a good time there. So if you're enjoying this podcast, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, and share so it helps other chismosas find us easier, and it really helps us out. So do us a solid. All right, let's get this started. Married at First Sight, Season 15, Episode 7, Igby. Hit me with the title real life reckoning all right let's start off with stasha and nate because i want to hear what you had preguntas about the twins Twin. the twins. <laughs> i think somebody's tried to smush, smush their name together for a for a uh, hashtag what was it state nausea that sounds terrible um uh, it doesn't matter but we open up to them checking out their new shared space their neutral apartment and right away right off the bat Sasha's like oh I said right off the bat she was no shoes in the house oh that's true no shoes in the house then she complained about that then she complained about the counter space because she has all her stuff she wants it all there and he can have the cabinets and Nate looks a little perturbed about this but I don't know why I doubt he has a whole bunch of anything he doesn't seem like he has a skincare routine Mm-mm. he has his hair and braids so all he needs is a do-rag what a toothbrush a toothbrush Good. yeah pretty much right deodorant hopefully hopefully <laughs> i don't know i don't know with that guy uh she starts laying out all her rules that she wants him to follow and um and then he starts kind of admitting things here and there that you know he does leave dishes in the sink sometimes he is tired sometimes after the gym and he'll lay in bed without taking the gym clothes off, getting flashbacks of Johnny freaking out about Bao, <laughs> not wanting to take a shower. But Stasha looked way more visibly perturbed. Oh, yes. 
Well, I don't know, Johnny. Remember Johnny had that really bulging vein coming out of his head? <laughs> From clenching his jaw so tight. Yes, we could definitely tell when Johnny was not uh, happy. <laughs> but ends up he breaks one of these rules right off the bat because the toilet seat is already up in the next scene. Next we see Stasha's house. It is gorgeous. The Chiron said Stasha's apartment. And I was like apartment is like this she's got the cool door and like this humongous kitchen like apartment where yeah i'm not well you know what maybe i don't know maybe it is maybe it isn't but she is getting another house built right Mm -hmm. so maybe this is an apartment and she's building a house because why would you want another house right i don't know there was a lot of questions about this location and the two kitchens and all that was weird yeah it is it was weird but it was really nice and um you can tell nate was uh super impressed he's like one of those cartoon uh those old school cartoons like a, a la bugs bunny where they just see dollar signs and their eyes blue. this is <laughs> Ooh, you got a farmhouse thing <laughs> but um he thinks she staged all this for him and she's like no this is this is how i live my everyday life <laughs> Yes, she was very much giving me Jackie Ina vibes. I know you don't know who that is. Don't know. She's an OG like YouTube makeup influencer. And now as of late, she's kind of transitioned doing, um, she's really popped off on TikTok uh, doing like home, those like home organizer, home edit videos. Mm. Like every day she like steams her sheets and she has the little tray thing like Sasha has. She has her own line of home candles and she's lighting her candles everywhere and like steaming the floors and all kinds of crazy shit that normal people with jobs do not have time to be doing every day. I was just gonna day. say what time are you waking up to steam your sheets get out of here just throw a comforter over those bad boys when you don't have when that's your job I guess right whenever I guess <laughs> but yeah she was giving me very much that vibe oh okay but she does she wants to take all her decor she wants to take the decorative pillows she wants to take her little tray from her bed. And um, yeah, Nate says, yeah, he's cool with that, but he wants things less girly. Um, she brings up the toilet predicament again. She says she does not want to fall in the toilet. Not fun. Not a good thing. And um, he says he's going to promise to work and be better at that. And then they bring up this Nespresso debate, which he clearly loses, right? Because he, he can't match. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't want him trading any of my money. Right? <laughs> How do you not know that 1300 is less than 2400 Right? Yeah. She kept poking holes in his story and he's like, well, we'll just have to do that again. We'll have to, we'll have to figure that out and really dive into it. And she's like, yeah, we just did. So what? And to which he calls her a diva and that, you know, that he's just, she's too much basically. And that's where they leave it. There's a theory. Mm-hmm. Is this product placement or no? Mm. Because if you're making all this money, why don't you already have the $700 Nespresso machine? Mm-hmm. Not coffee machine, Nespresso machine powered by James Allen. <laughs> it could be It could be something she just recently tried. I don't know. And she's like, well, I don't want this Keurig anymore. It made people say, hmm. Because like, she's no... George Clooney, what is Nespresso going to do with these people? You know what I mean? Like, they already have big name people pushing their product. 
but still, I mean, it's still TV. If you're not paying them or they're not, or they're paying you, we're not using a name brand. Yeah. Well, unless it's not even a, um, it's not even a Stasha Neat thing. It's a Married at First Sight show thing, right? Like yeah. James Allen. Yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Then probably you're right. Probably so. And then we get to Nate's apartment. A lot nicer than I thought it would be until she starts opening cabinets. Same. I was like, okay, high rise. I yeah. see you, uh, electronic curtains. That was all very impressive. I, I really didn't think he was going to be as established as it looks like he is. Just putting that out as he looks like he is. In the living room. In the living room. But then when you go in the closet, that's when the real Nate shows up. But how, how did this make you feel? Because I was really uncomfortable with her just picking apart his life. I don't like Nate, but it's just rude. It just seemed really rude to go through his things and throw them on the floor and calling him out on national TV. <laughs> I don't know. Just not nice for a wife. Not a wifely thing to do in public. True, but you knew this was going to happen. This is true, too. Yeah, you knew you were going to be on TV. Why didn't you clean up? You knew you were going to meet your wife and she was going to come over. Why didn't you clean okay. up? Yeah, that I yeah, you got me there. Um, she does say that people say that she's uncomfortably clean. So his clean and her clean are very, very different. Uh, what was the thing about the two wine glasses? Were the wine glasses dirty? Yes. Did you not see them? I didn't know if it was like a rose colored. Because have you seen those wine glasses that are, have like the tint at the bottom? I didn't. And then she said, oh, he must have been drinking with somebody. And I was like, oh, are they dirty? Okay. And that's really gross. Why wouldn't he just rinse them out? Because he's an idiot. There's two clean glasses in the cabinet and then there's two with residue in them. Well, Emma was probably over. Weren't they picking out rings and such and doing, I don't know, naked Monopoly? I mean, if the Pinot's flowing, <laughs> the Pinot's going. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> All right. Next, we have a visit from Pastor Cal. He says they're looking good together not related whatsoever um and he's asking what does your marriage look like what are your goals and right off the bat nate says he wants to be a power couple he uses this a lot it's kind of annoying it's like so you're always thinking about what the outside is looking at right like the surface it's a cop-out it's just something to say yeah it's, it's what he thinks sounds good i guess but it doesn't sound it just doesn't sound good to me i was like what are your goals your goals should be to have a happy healthy marriage right isn't that the first goal no he wants to watch the throne <laughs> so dumb so dumb yeah i just don't like the external like him caring about what everybody else thinks about them i don't like that um he does say that he wants them both to have the same goals and her goals are pretty obvious she wants to be financially free and create generational wealth for their family and uh pastor cal asked about their income and whether she's okay with his income and vice versa and um they say yes that they're both pretty good with where they're at she said that he's hesitant to have a kid though because he has a goal and his goal is to make 250,000 a year before they have children. Right now he makes about 150k. And to me that sounds like a lot of money, but then again, it's California, right? So it's pretty different. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what like the big, you know, I wonder what the comparison is to over here. Probably double. You think so? yeah i don't know it's a big difference <laughs> that's yeah yeah i know it's huge i'm just curious which is why y'all need to stop coming here and driving up the price of 
every fucking thing. You're killing us. Jesus. Anyway, Pastor Cal says that if they had a baby today, would he be able to do all the things he wants to do for that baby? And he's like, I don't know. He's not sure. And Pastor Cal calls the BS and he tells him to stop because Stasha makes $415,000 a year. Dang. Now, I did, before we started, just today now, I saw an article about how the cost of a child with inflation is $300,000. So he's got a point. He does have a point, but he's only thinking about himself. It's not like a partnership. Like, they're fine. Yeah. They're fine. Yeah, Put he together. He wants to provide 1,000%. Um, okay. No, because she's not ever going to stop working. <laughs> Now, as far as this 415k, mm -hmm. there's a lot of speculation and a lot of talk that is putting the question mark over my head. Mm. Now, I watched this scene quite a few times. Okay. When she's talking, she says, well, closed captioning says that she said, and we know how shady closed captioning can be on this show. It says that she says if she's doing what she's doing now, and then doubles it, it says, I make $415,000. But it sounds like when she's talking, she says, I'd make 415000 As in, with the example, if she takes what she's making now and then doubles it, that would equal 415000 Huh. Then, if you really listen to it, that line where she says, I made or I'd make, 415,000 is dubbed. It sounds totally different than the rest of the sound in the scene. And you can tell that it's dubbed because they show her saying all the sentence up until that point and then it cuts to a, a shot of Pastor Cal. <laughs> so there's some foolery going on in here. Huh. I don't know what, but something's fishy. <laughs> y'all ain't fooling me production. I see y'all. <laughs> Can't fool a fool. Hmm. Cause I was like, wait, what? And I had to run it back. And I'm like, let me turn the sound up. And I'm like, no, this don't sound right. I'm like, let me run it back. And I'm like, <laughs> no, it sounds like it was recorded. I have another theory too about another couple this episode where I'm like, mm, I don't know about this. Now, could it be that she didn't want to talk about how much she made and maybe they got it out of her another way and they dubbed it in? That would have been the smart move because I don't need anybody counting my pockets. I wouldn't be saying my salary on TV. That's true. No matter how big or small. Mm, that is true. But I don't know. It, I don't know. It'll come out. It'll come out. And then there was all there was a lot of speculation too because like okay like you were saying you saw her like pro profile at her job and it's like wait wasn't she supposed to be a realtor like wait didn't she have properties wait now she's an accountant and it's like okay what is making up if it's four hundred and fifteen thousand? how where is that coming from exactly how yeah because if it's from real estate okay you might have sold a property this year and that's how much you made in 2021 but that's not what you're going to be making in 2022 well it is if um she's renting out these properties i don't know if she's flipping or she's renting out that's passive income that's just going to come in you know see that's the whole nother whole nother thing with this house with the two kitchens it's like okay is this a rental property is this like a duplex or something where they're in one part of the house that has like the bomb ass kitchen and that's where she lives and then the other side with the Keurig that's where she's renting it out to somebody else or is that where she's living because she wants the Nespresso machine and then she rents out the nice part because it gets more money like who knows 
But it was Married at First Sight fan did confirm that it's one property, but for some reason has multiple kitchens. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, she's not going to live there forever because she's building a new house. Whatever. She's building a new house for, and Nate's going to um, mooch, I mean, move in. And so Pastor Cal continues and he reiterates that she's not saying I'm good and you're not. She's saying we're good. So Nate has to start thinking about a married person. And then he starts asking about their intimacy, of course. And they both confirm that they have not had sex, but they're very affectionate. And he's asked, you know, what's the holdup? And basically, Stasha says she wants to be in love. And she wants to have those feelings. Because in the past, her sex life has been very transactional, which she did touch on um, during the honeymoon with the girls um, and the whole Lindy kind of um, thing. And she's been very transparent about her past, but she wants to see more from him. She feels like he's holding back. Um, everything's very surface level and she doesn't really know him that well. So how could she make that next step, basically, without getting to know him better? And Pastor Cal, you know, agrees that, you know, she wants more. And if he's holding back, he's not going to, you know, have sex anytime soon. So better open up those floodgates. Next, we see them kind of recap the visit with Pastor Cal. Uh, Sasha does say that she feels better now that they've talked to him. And, oh, and especially since he kind of confirmed that Nate does need to go deeper. She feels like she's sharing and she's sharing and she's sharing. And he's just very, you know, again, sticking to the surface level. She wants to know his backstory because he always seems really empathetic. He always says, like, I know how you feel. I've been there. But that's it. He doesn't go into the story as to how he's been there. And she asks about his mother. And he's like, there's no story there. How can I tell you more when I have no emotions towards my mother whatsoever? How can he talk about his feelings when he has no feelings? And so, you know, she kind of, she's questioning everything. She's questioning whether he can be vulnerable because she's really not sure at this point. And Nate tells her, you know, besides the mom thing, you know, he really doesn't have anything else. But if something comes up and it's organic, you know, he's going to share it with her. And she's like, okay. <laughs> right. That's, that was the exact face. All right. Not happy with that answer, but that's all she's going to get. So, but yeah, that's all I got for that couple. But now I'm going to be like on alert with all this money stuff. Hopefully it comes up again and again. You know, they love to play out a storyline. <laughs> Run it to the ground. Yes, that's true. All right, next couple. How about Morgan and Ben? This damn Ben. I don't know about him. <laughs> this guy's so stupid. <laughs> brilliant idiot. A brilliant finest. idiot. Yes, yes, that's perfect. We open with them. They're um, opening the little like welcome basket that they get with the champagne and the picture frame. Uh, Morgan is saying that she wants to put their wedding pictures in them, and you know they're talking about how they hope they came out good, yada yada. So they sit down on the couch to chat. Now, did Ben's look stand out to you at all? Not at all. No. <laughs> what was he wearing? He had on this lavender mock neck turtleneck sweater but i just thought it was an interesting choice to pick like bright <laughs> lavender i don't know it just stood out to me i thought it was weird <laughs> no didn't pay attention to it uh so they start discussing how this is the first time morgan has ever lived with someone she says it's going to be interesting because she's never had to worry about somebody leaving the toilet seat up a running theme uh, ben says that in his defense it was only once the entire time that they were on vacation for however many days that was and morgan does point out 
that not only did he leave the seat up, but he didn't flush. And Ew. big surprise, Mr. Penny Pincher has adopted the Fokker philosophy of if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it. Mm-mm. But then that whole conversation snowballs into his other weird money-saving quirks and habits. Uh, Morgan says she's not a clean freak. Her house looks lived in, but it's not messy or anything. This is when Ben asks when she normally does her laundry. And she says, oh, usually like first thing in the morning, the next day. And he's like, that's perfect because you save like six cents a day by not doing your laundry after 4 p.m. You know, four to nine are like the peak hours. And if you do your laundry early, you could save like $2 a month and you could like buy almost a soda. Almost. You could buy a can, maybe. You could in Texas. I don't know about California. (laughs) So she like laughs it off, but he's serious. And he says that also that... A four to nine uh, cutoff period also applies to appliances. And when she realizes he's serious, she indulges him a little bit and says, okay, what would you like for me to unplug between four and 9 p.m.? (laughs) And he's like, well, the gaming system. And she's looking at him like, are you dumb? Like, that's what I'm going to be playing. And it finally clicks to him. And he's like, oh, well, um, the air fryer for sure, because you don't cook dinner between four and 9 p.m. Make sure you have on as few lights as possible. You know, right now in San Diego, the sun goes down at 6. So uh, we'll need to keep the lights off until 6.15 when the sun has fully set. (laughs) And she's like, okay, whatever, weirdo. I'm going to go take a shower because I'm tired of listening to you. And he's like, fine, okay, you go take a shower. I'm going to turn out all the lights which he does turn off every single light in the apartment, including the light in the bathroom where she's trying to take a shower. (laughs) Was he joking or was he serious? The world may never know. (laughs) I mean, if she let it go, he'd let it go. Yeah. Uh, So after that, we see Ben going to visit Morgan's place. And as soon as he comes in, he asks if he needs to take off his shoes. She says, not really, doesn't matter to her, but it's an Asian thing. So he takes his shoes off anyway. And they do like a house tour and Ben is being weird. He's in the kitchen and she has like a pig uh, chalkboard kind of thing hanging on the wall. And he asks her about it and she's like, it's just decoration. I saw it on clearance and bought it and put it on the wall. Nothing more than that. Then he talks about a pineapple uh, pitcher that's on top of the fridge. And then she also has some little pineapple figurines on a wire rack above her coffee machine. And he comments about the pineapples and about how that's his like top tier fruit. And that leads him to her espresso machine, which they do not name by brand. And he says, how many watts does this thing put out? And he's trying to look on the bottom and on the side to see what the wattage is. But he doesn't even need to see that because he can tell by the cord. This is a like tricord. So that means it's putting out some serious power. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's crazy. He is. Uh, she's like, I'm not getting rid of my express machine, so forget it. Not even uh, a topic. <laughs> yeah. So then they talk about going to where the magic happens, and they do like a quick aside to the bathroom and to the bedroom, but end up on the couch where Morgan is using one of those um, massage guns on his back, and he's doing like the Darth Vader thing where like the vibrations <laughs> are like shaking his whole body and he's making his voice sound stupid. And he says, you know, this is her soul. This is why she's going to be the perfect wife. This is her sole purpose to massage his back with the massage gun. Uh, then he brings up her cat. And because at this point, they, we haven't seen Max in the apartment. Morgan says he's probably hiding somewhere. And then Ben goes on this weird tangent about cat litter 
and where the cat pees and when the cat pees and how the cat pees and if the cat pees on its own or if you have to take the cat to pee or if the cat pees um, every hour, if the pee from the cat um, crystallizes in the litter, is there special litter? Is that like all these questions? <laughs> and Morgan is looking at him like, oh no. <laughs> This is my husband. No, my favorite part was when he was like, well, our pee schedules cycle up like how women cycle. I'm like, what? That's not how peeing works. He knows how to pee. Has he ever cycled with anybody ever about pee? That's so stupid. Why would you even say that? Because you're Ben and you're 30 going on 13. But uh, yeah, I don't know why he's so convinced that the cat is going to pee like everywhere. Like I know you shared before on this podcast about uh, cats revenge marking and revenge peeing. But oh, yeah, that's a thing. I don't know if he knows that that's a thing or if he's just being weird. (laughs) We'll see. Well, at this point, she's able to coax him out of the room and then like an idiot puts his finger in the cat's ear and then wonders why the cat flinches. (laughs) But he's determined that at the end of the experiment, Max is going to be closer to him than he is to Morgan. Okay. <laughs> so next, the two of them sit down with Pastor Cal, and he says this is going to be a no BS zone conversation. So they just need to keep it funky, keep it real, tell the truth, nothing but the truth. So they talk about the honeymoon first. Pastor Cal says that he heard that there was some friction, and Morgan says it was a miscommunication. She explains the whole degree nurse gate situation and she's telling pastor cal you know how everything went down and ben cuts her off and says okay it was all just a misunderstanding because he's realizing how bad it sounds the more she keeps saying what actually happened mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like okay don't tell that part just, I'm, 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 my bad okay my bad just stop uh, morgan says that it made her feel backstabbed because they'd already come to a decision that they were not going to talk about family or finance the first thing that he literally brings up when they sit down is family and finances so she already feels like one he's gone back on a promise and two he's gone behind her back so this is when pastor Kyle says it takes time to learn how to be married ben needs to learn that you need to talk to your wife first take things to your wife first ben says that of course he's learned this lesson the hard way and he apologizes he shouldn't have been judgmental about her past because that's not fair pastor Kyle says that he's proud that they did speak about it and that they've kind of hashed out a lot of it they're kind of in an okay place but morgan says that she does not trust Ben anymore. It's hard for her to come back from something like this. She's trying to be present and learn to trust him, but it's really hard. Pastor Calvin asks why, and she says it's a big deal because she's let people in before, and when they break her trust, she's basically out. She starts to cry because all of this boils down to PTSD from her childhood, basically, and her relationship with her father. She says they had a lot of push and pull back and forth where she would instill her trust in her dad and then every time he would break that trust so now it's like a non-negotiable for her and it's really hard for her to trust people period pastor cal asked about her relationship with her dad now and she says that she gave her dad an ultimatum and he wasn't willing to comply with that so they don't have a relationship Uh, pastor cal then asks how she's feeling about being in a situation with someone like ben who on the other hand recognizes that he hurt her and it's just like profusely apologetic she says that's good and she does appreciate that but it still 
you know, hard for her. Pastor Cal says that um, it's good that Ben does recognize that he's made a mistake and wants to correct it. So that is a reason for her to trust him. If he didn't care, then he would understand why she'd be blocked off. He also reiterates that the other half of an apology is forgiveness and you can't forgive the act. You also have to forgive the actor. Now I'm of the ilk that how do you forgive if you never forget? Because mm-hmm. people never forget. Word to Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> I'm also of the ilk of one Belcalis Alamanzar that if we have beef, we gonna have beef forever. <laughs> like, no, there's no coming back. That's it. Yeah. I think I saw a meme the other day and it said, I don't forgive and forget. Fuck you yesterday, fuck you today, and fuck you tomorrow. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> so, but on this, I mean, it is a stupid move early on. Yeah. I don't think it's so big that they can't get over it. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like he cheated on her. Right. That's major, right? It was a true misunderstanding. It, it really was. And then imagine if they had stuck to their agreement where their honeymoon was just going to be fun, carefree. They'll talk business when they get home. They could have been so much further along. Yeah, this all wouldn't have happened. And that's kind of like, uh, that's kind of what they talk about next. They table that issue and kind of talk about their intimacy. Uh, ben says everything was cool up until this whole incident happened. And, you know, at that point she was sleeping on the far end of the bed. And so at that point to him, that was a clear signal that hands off. Mm-hmm. It's all on her terms now. So Morgan tells him, you know, if I can't trust you with a secret or, you know, take you, trust you at your word. Why would I trust you with my body? And Ben says again, he's genuinely trying and that he wishes he had a time machine and go back, but he doesn't. She says that, you know, all of this really made a wall go up for her. And that's when Pastor Cal's like, well, who controls the wall? And she's like, I do. So then who can make the wall go down? I can. Pastor Cal tells her that if she's over this hump that she needs to communicate and let Ben know that it's okay to be affectionate. Uh, She feels like they're okay in in an okay place now and she says it's okay for them to snuggle now. Uh, Pastor Cal asks what steps they're going to need to take to bring down the wall and Ben says PDA but Pastor Cal was talking to Morgan. he's like oh oh my bad but she says okay if that's she says that's fine like if that's something you need I can meet you halfway there and he says awesome great and like gives her a pat on the back and Pastor (laughs) Cal is like bro what are you doing (laughs) like yes you're supposed to be gentle and not do too much but this shouldn't be like your homeboy on the basketball team like she's not your bro she's your wife and he's like okay I'll look up some YouTubes about that are you 14 is this your first dance? It like, probably what? is. At this point, it probably is. I mean, I'm starting to think so. <laughs> but Pastor Cal says, just talk to your wife. And Morgan says she'll try to help him out. And I'm just like, Ben, I'm losing hope for you, bro. <laughs> well, there goes uh, the theory about them not lasting past this episode. Because some people were like, oh, the Pastor Cal visit, that's their last episode. But it doesn't look like it. Uh, yeah, because they have the housewarming parties next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should be interesting. Next couple. Oh, speaking of something, Kristen and Mitch. They had a great episode together, but man alive. Mitch's apartment. Disgusting. <laughs> you knew this was going to be on TV, and the show you were on is not Hoarders. Mm-hmm. So, what are you doing? She's just, she was just like speechless. She was taken aback by all, all that is Mitch's apartment. But we'll get there. 
So we start off, though, at their new apartment, their new shared neutral apartment. And when they are unpacking, all these condoms come out of Mitch's suitcase because he took them from the honeymoon suite. It wasn't a lot. It was one brightly wrapped pink, very noticeable one (laughs) that screams, I'm planted by production. But he said he took all of them. He did. Yeah. Only because production made him say that by making (laughs) up the scene fake. They're loving the king size bed and the and the setup. Kristen says she's feeling optimistic. She's enjoying the journey because it's perfectly imperfect. She's really happy because it's not what she expected, basically, I guess. And he's happy because a week ago he was full of guilt and disappointment. And now he's not. It's like, oh, maybe phrase that different. But (laughs) I don't understand this woman. It's it's strange. There has to be stuff we haven't seen because I can't I can't believe this is um based on what we've seen her turnaround is so she's enamored with him. I don't know. This is also the same woman who got engaged to a unhomed person and bought her own engagement ring and planned yeah. a destination with her entire life saving. This is so this is true. This isn't her first round of thirstiness. <laughs> so sad. And she's so nice and she's so, um, you know, put together, it seems like. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Something's (laughs) amiss. That's why I went, yeah, like that preview next week. Does Mitch know about whatever in your past? And she's like, no, he has no idea. What is, what is this? No, she didn't tell him about the engagement. Engagement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, not once. Mm Because there was a time, I think, I want to say the night of their wedding, there was a time to bring it up and they didn't, she didn't bring it up. And she didn't bring it up here when they were talking about love. Well, then we get to Mitch's apartment and he shows off his e-bike. He says he can put the whole family on there. He can put the back seat so she can sit there and they can put Luna in the front. Wait, Mm. surprise, surprise. Mitchie has a car and it's not even electric. I did see that, but it has a bunch of bumper stickers all over it. Cute. (laughs) He's that guy. He's that guy. I'm not surprised. Why would you be? I mean, I am surprised he has a car. I'm not surprised that it's covered in bumper stickers. And that the backseat is inside of his house. Oh, anyway, his shower is gross. He says he waters the plants in his tub. So there's just like literally dirt in the tub, soil in the tub. <laughs> I'm like, is that soil or is it mold? And okay, that explains the tub. But are you rubbing the soil on like the grout? Because the rest of it is dirty also. <laughs> Oh, they had to do like a close-up of the soap covered in hair from who knows where. Like, ah, come on, man. This is why your feet are still black when you come out the shower. <laughs> yes. He probably doesn't do that. He probably is like, oh, the ocean is the same as taking a bath. I went surfing, <laughs> so that counts as bath. Oh. It's nature's bath. Nature's bath. I guarantee. <laughs> I know it's it. nature's bath mixed in with um, whale piss and fish poop no the ocean minerals just wash <laughs> it away it's the same as dr teal's he must have a funk and Kristen's even willing to look past that it's man smell oh no thank you so they also show his water machine because he says he doesn't want fluoride in his wa- water and no one should have fluoride in their water that it's a popular opinion i guess i don't know enough to about it to make a comment about that one they say it's good for your teeth, but you shouldn't be, like... Ingesting it? Yeah, for, like, your entire life. Mm. But do people really drink tap water like that now? I have no idea. I don't think I get so. mine from the fridge. Buy bottled water. Oh, Mitch would hate your guts. Oh, Mitch can suck my dick. <laughs>
Let me open my bottle of water right now. <laughs> the tour goes on. Well, next is the stove. Ugh. And she's like, do you use this stove often? Or what's going on here? And he's like, well, obviously, because it's covered in old food. It's disgusting. And then, and then there's... Which is interesting because he had no food in his refrigerator. Yeah, I don't know what that guy's doing. Too much. It couldn't get worse. It does. Because there's a whole room full of junk. His indoor garage. Uh, Kristen says there's no peace or serenity in this space. No matter how much she falls in love with this man, she will never come back to his place ever. <laughs> Don't blame her. Me neither. Then we get to Kristen's apartment. It This part was kind of short and sweet because it was all about Luna. And uh, Luna... <laughs> She's so cute. I don't think I could do the breathing, though. That could get annoying. <laughs> you probably get used to it. It becomes white noise. Yeah, maybe so. And she said it was only when she's, like, stressed and excited and stuff. I don't know. My my mother-in-law has pugs, and they sound like that all the time. Like, it's always quite worrisome for me. I'm like, are they, are they all right? They sound like that all the time, so she's lying. <laughs> she probably doesn't hear it. So apparently Luna doesn't feel well. She's a hot mess express just to take some vitamins. She goes into her like routine she has with her. It's a little high maintenance where you have to clean the wrinkles and all that. You have to do that once a day. Not high maintenance. That's high maintenance. Well, it's part of the breed. I guess. If you have a pug, you have to do it. Gotta get them folds. (laughs) I guess you can be grateful she doesn't have like a Sharpay or something exactly she just got the one you yeah need one wipe <laughs> you don't have to do the whole bot well mitch thinks this is gonna be a great exercise in having a kid and kristen's like yeah she's a weirdo just like her mom but that's about it kristen's actual place is really nice so a little on the teeny side it is small but at least it's neat <laughs> okay how does she sleep with that damn plant like halfway in the bed <laughs> it's, i didn't notice They were laying in the bed. The, like, whole tree was, like, over Mitch's body. I I really didn't notice. That's so funny. I don't know how, because it was front and center. (laughs) (laughs) So, next we see them at their neutral apartment, and they're sharing some dinner. And Luna's just trotting away and and sniffing everything, kind of discovering her new digs. And uh, Mitch says that Luna is their pug love child. Kristen then asks how he is feeling about their first few days of coexisting. And he says it's worryingly easy. Like, too easy, it seems. And she agrees. She has no complaints. They've been having a good time so far. Her favorite part is going to bed with him and waking up with him, having him come home and she can have dinner ready to go for him. And he's like loving that right there. <laughs> he's all about Gag that. me with a spoon. <laughs> and here's the part where she could have said something, but she didn't. She asked him if he's ever been in love. He says he hasn't. Um, not in a mature kind of real deal way, but now that he's married to her, he has a really different perspective on love. And she admits she had lots of boyfriends and she falls in love easy It was usually, you know, really hot and fiery, and that's why things don't go her way because it kind of fizzles out after a while. And he says that love to him is when he's happier with her than without her, and when he starts seeing a life with her and a future, and she completely agrees. Then um, they start cuddling up on the couch after dinner, and she has a little gift for him. She has a sweet card she's written out and a jar of love coupons she points out that the jar is reused 
She didn't go and buy a, a, a mason jar. It's already been in her house. No, she did buy it. Did used. she buy it? She said she bought a used mason jar. Oh, well then, I don't know if that's impressive to him or not. <laughs> Sounds stupid to me. <laughs> I guess you could have. No, no, that would have been bad too. I was like, you could have just put these in the Ziploc bag if you're going to show them all to him at, right at once. I thought that defeats the purpose of the surprise, but anyway she starts pulling out these uh, love coupons uh the first one says it's a yes day so whatever he says she has to say yes and it never expires so maybe he wants to put it in her butt she has to say yes maybe she has to eat i don't know seaweed no, no. <laughs> <to> say yes <laughs> oh okay <laughs> i wasn't gonna go any dirtier than that <laughs> Um, then he reads one and he, well, he doesn't read it out loud and he gets all red. So it must've been something very sexy. I know what it said. Cause I paused <gasps> oh, it. What does it say? Cause the marker bled through the paper. So I paused it and read it. Okay. Duh. What does it say? It says, receive a sexy photo from your wife. Mm. Yeah. They tried to make it more risque than it was. Oh, that's a bad idea. Kristen. Haven't you seen what's that new documentary on Netflix? Hate most hated man on the internet. Where he gets somebody to hack all the Google photos and of different pretty girls and takes all their naked pictures. No face, no case. <laughs> hey, that's true too. And finally, the last one says bubble bath with your wife and it expires tonight. So he takes that into uh, as an invitation and they're ready to go. She says she's ready to take things to the next level if that's where this leads. And he is speechless. In an ITM, she says she already knows she's going to fall in love with him. She's felt it and she's seen the love from, from him. And um, she knows it's coming. So they go and take a bath together. Why is she so fucking thirsty for Mitch? Like, dog. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, it's that hard in the streets? Kristen, you could do so much better. <laughs> Apparently she's tried. I mean... I don't know. I There must be something we're not seeing. I, I don't know because I don't get it either. Did you watch After Party? No. Okay, I saw a clip and um, the baby was asleep so I didn't hear it. But I was reading the subtitles and she says that basically she, in a nicer way, said that the first time they had sex was very, very quick. Which was Mitch's most feared thing to happen. <laughs> He said it has been a while. So she says things can improve. <laughs> you didn't have to play the man like that. Well, that speaks volume, in my opinion. Uh, no. I saw a clip of her from After Party where she talked about being terrified to go to the grocery store with him. Oh, man. How they went for the first time and it was like traumatizing because they couldn't go to the regular grocery store. They had to go to like his special granola grocery store and they couldn't have bags and they couldn't put the vegetables in like the individual bags and they couldn't, there was like all these rules and shit. And she was just like, I'm never going to go shopping. <laughs> I can't do this. This will cause us to get a divorce. <laughs> I could see that. I could do very easily. So next we see their visit with Pastor Cal. He's like, well, I saw that your honeymoon went okay. <laughs> he was trying to be really nice about it. But Mitch is like, yeah, but it ended on a high note. He says that he's a commitment phobe, basically. He was overwhelmed and he had to break down his own walls to get where they're at today. And Pastor Cal says he's really proud of them. That was a really awesome breakthrough. And he's so glad that they're both mature enough to weather that storm. Kristen says she loves their marriage. It's exactly if not better than what she expected and what she wanted uh, their marriage to be. 
and they have consummated their marriage. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Cow was very excited about that. Creepily excited about that for them. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> So then Pastor Cal is asking them about uh, plans beyond decision day, if they've made any. And they both say no. They haven't really made plans beyond eight weeks. They've barely made plans uh, beyond a week, one week. So Pastor Cal calls them out on this. They're like, you're not all in then. You're only neck deep in the marriage. And she, Kristen says that she's afraid of him leaving. So she doesn't want to put any kind of pressure on him. She wants him to feel comfortable. And Mitch is afraid of losing himself in everyone else's expectations because everybody really hyped them up on both sides of the family. And Pastor Cal, you know, again, tells them that they really need to start thinking like this is a marriage, not an experiment. And Kristen says, you know, big picture kind of stuff. They align on everything, finances and family. They, I guess they've talked about finances, but not really how much they make. So he asked them to whisper their incomes to each other. And turns out that she makes two times as much as Mitch. And that doesn't, she doesn't care. And we've heard her say this before. She, she did not care about how much her partner was going to make. She just wanted someone who was passionate about their work. And she doubles down on this. She wants someone who's passionate about their work. They could make ends meet and not have massive amounts of debt. And Mitch says he's happy too. He, it takes less pressure off of him and he's not threatened whatsoever, which I can buy that. And I see that in his face. He was like, yeah, cool to me. <laughs> and they haven't talked about kids either, which is surprising because they both want kids. Uh, but I guess talking about it makes it real. I don't know. So Pastor Kyle says, you know, at the end of the day, y'all don't have any prospects, right? <laughs> you don't have a baby mama lined up and you don't have a baby daddy lined up. So you need to act like you're married and start making these plans. And she says that she probably wants kids in about a year and he wants them in a couple of years. He then asks about the L word if either of them have dropped it. And nope, not really. But Mitch says that they're moving towards that. At this point, Pastor Cal calls out Mitch's face. And so then Mitch says that, you know, he's vibing with everything that Pastor Cal is saying. But on the other hand, why is he going to drop the L word when it's only been two weeks? Which is absolutely reasonable. <laughs> it has only been two weeks of knowing this person. So I understand that. And Pastor Cal says that's okay. But you have to be aware that love is part of this process. He wants them to express it when they believe it. And that's where we leave them. Mm -hmm. But that's a little bit telling. It's it's in that idea is in that head. And it's like needling at him that he's feeling it. But he's like, but it's only been two weeks. So I can't say anything. Yeah. I can't do anything. Let me just try to be cool. And she's writing it already. And that little love note, she put love your wife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's already in her brain, too. She says it out loud. She's like, I'm absolutely going to fall in love with this man. She already has it in her brain. It's already happened. I love our marriage. Mm -hmm. I love the way things are right now. I love spending time with you. Mm -hmm. She said she loves everything except for him directly. Yes, absolutely. Oh, Kristen. <laughs> Get some water. <laughs> with fluoride. <laughs> with fluoride. <laughs> Next, we have Alexis and Justin. Your faves. So they're at the 
new apartment, checking things out. Uh, Justin is sitting on the couch kind of relaxing and of course they talk about how they can't wait for the dogs to get into the house and how that's the only thing missing. Justin mentions that he loves that the new apartment has high ceilings so hopefully he doesn't hit his head on anything. I feel this sentiment as a semi-tall person. (laughs) I don't have to worry about ceilings and door frames but I do have a problem with cabinets. I constantly am hitting my head on cabinets. (laughs) All of the time. It's very annoying. But Lexus eventually goes and sits down next to him and he asks if she has any reservations about them living together. Or she asks him, rather, if he has any reservations. And he says, nothing's really coming across his mind. Mm, he can't really think of anything. And I don't know if it's just been like a long travel day or what, but his face, like, I don't know. He either looks like extremely tired or like really pensive. Like he knows there's going to be extreme problem, but he doesn't want to say anything. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. So at this point, they keep talking about the damn dogs. Now, this is the other couple I was talking about earlier where I don't know if I want to call fraud on this. Was this storyline reverse engineered? Because they keep talking about the dogs and talking about the dogs and talking about the dogs and talking about the dogs. So this is making me think this interaction with Newton and Maya happened and then they went back and filmed all this stuff to make it a storyline. Because why do they keep talking about the dogs randomly, quote unquote, of all the things they could be talking about moving in together and get along. Plus, not to mention the fact that Justin has a cat. And wouldn't you be worried about the dog and the cat getting along? <laughs> I thought That's that more too. conventional. I forgot about the cat altogether. They didn't mention it but one time yeah. when he showed up. Yeah. So I thought that was suspicious too. I don't know. I know I'm the resident tinfoil hat wearer, but I don't put anything past this show anymore. It's so <laughs> fake and so produced that everything is a conspiracy to me. I don't believe any of this. That one's pretty far out there. I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. It is strange. Because nobody else is talking about their pets like that. They're talking about their actual relationship. And these two that are so up each other's asses have nothing else to talk about but the damn dog. (laughs) Anyway, Justin says that his only concern is that the animals won't click like him and Alexis do. So it's time to visit each other's places. First, they go to Alexis' apartment. And it absolutely does not look like what I thought it was going to look like. I don't know what I thought it was going to look like, but it wasn't like what it does. She's got all this like crazy art all over the wall. And she did apparently, right? That's what she claims. (laughs) But yeah, I guess they were serious about what they said in her vows. It gave me Olajuwon vibes. Remember his amazing art pieces in his house? (laughs) Hers weren't that bad. They weren't a Lajuan bad. Come on. They weren't a Lajuan bad. Okay. <laughs> fine. Lajuans were bad. It's we're like stick paintings of like <laughs> yeah. circles. Justin is quick to point out that he likes this like topless silhouette kind of painting that she has. And of course it's a self-portrait and he wants to take it back to their new apartment. She shows him the vagina mold that they talked about in her wedding vows and also that was not what i expected it to be i didn't expect it to look like that either i didn't expect them to show it that's true it's art so they could show it <laughs> then he asks if she's gonna do some art for him and she says sure as soon as he cuts a check and he's like what and she's like this is a business 
<laughs> I might could give you 50% off, but that's about it. Then she takes him into her bedroom bathroom and is showing him the closet, which he's totally overwhelmed by. There's stuff everywhere. But as much as I hate to be on Alexis's side, it is a very small closet. It is. I understand this problem. I have a very similar situation. The closet I have now is the smallest closet I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> Like, it's a joke. Like, my shoes could fill that closet. <laughs> they do. I have a whole nother room for clothes. <laughs> and more shoes. But yeah, it's a very, very, very small closet. And it's not, like, super out of control. It's just not... It's just not organized. As neat as it could be because there's... Because it's so small. There's so much stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of just jammed in there. Then they go back into the living room and we see Alexis is gathering up some things for Newton. She says that he's not just a dog, he's her child. He brings out her uh, maternal instincts. She's literally picking out whole outfits for the dog, like with hats and glasses <laughs> and full ensembles. And it gets to the point that she gets offended that Justin even refers to Newton as a dog. Like she's saying, this is grounds for divorce. <laughs> you come into this apartment choosing chaos and negativity. <laughs> You really want a divorce. He's not a creature. He's my baby. So she is not playing about her dog. Did they ever say how old he is? Mm -mm. Anyway, so then they go to Justin's place. And once they get inside, he sits down on the couch and he like pats the seat next to him. And then the dog jumps up on the couch and sits down. But he meant for Alexis to sit down. <laughs> that was cute. It's funny. I saw a meme where it was this lady. She was saying she was at her boyfriend's house and she was petting his dog. And he says, I'm so glad that you like her. And the girlfriend's like, oh, yeah, she's a beautiful dog. Why wouldn't I like her? And he's like, no, I'm talking to the dog. It'd be really weird to date you if she didn't like you. <laughs> uh, so eventually Alexis sits down and says, do you know what's happening right now? We're in the kitchen living bedroom right now. So obviously <laughs> Justin has a studio and she's hating on it like we said uh price of living in california i'm sure san diego isn't cheap mm -hmm. probably for like the two thousand dollars he's paying for that studio he could rent a house or get a mortgage here yeah but don't come here please don't i would like to rent a house or get a mortgage <laughs> <laughs> one of these days soon and y'all are fucking it up bad <laughs> But Justin says he spends most of his work days outside. So they go outside to like the balcony. And apparently he lives in a flight path because there's planes going by every three minutes. Of course, this is also a problem for Alexis. And she complains about that. In an ITM, she says that if Justin brought her home to this apartment, she'd find an excuse to leave, basically. <laughs> and he explains to her, this is his bachelor plan. It was good enough for him. Just being by himself, all he needs is a place to lay his head, a place for the dog to lay down. In a refrigerator that's it yep but now that he's married okay it's time to move on to bigger and better things that makes sense uh then they start messing around with the laser pointer and driving the dog <laughs> insane and we finally see the cat that has not been mentioned at all <laughs> so they pack up all the animals and head out to the new apartment so this is when things take a turn yeah they get to the new place and they have all the stuff for all the animals and immediately alexa sits down lets the cat out of the carrier immediately takes her dog who doesn't know this cat off the leash so they're both just roaming around probably not a good idea nope that's mistake number one none of the animals should be just roaming free because we don't know how any of them are going to react to each other or how their reaction to each other is going to affect any of the other ones mm -hmm. so this was a bad idea 
And uh, that's when we see them saying like, oh, how do you even introduce animals? I don't know. Me either. Mm, oh, well, let's just let them do whatever they want. Okay. Right. Luckily, the cat doesn't seem to care. He's off doing his own thing. We don't even see him anymore. Newton at first was kind of doing his own thing, but then immediately Maya is showing her teeth and growling and clearly being aggressive. In turn, that causes Newton to start barking, which triggers Maya because she's not used to loud noises. Mm -hmm. And this is when Justin asks if Newton is an alpha and... Alexa says, yeah, he's got big dog energy. He doesn't realize he's a little six pounds of nothing. <laughs> and Justin says, oh, that's going to be interesting because Maya is an alpha too. And they start unpacking the stuff that they brought, including the booty painting of Alexis. She asks Justin where he wants to put it. He says in his bathroom. And she says, ew. And he's <laughs> like, not like that, you nasty. <laughs> but they decide to put it uh, at the end of the hallway. So while they're in the hallway... Justin has Maya on the leash and they're blocking the corridor and Newton is trying to get through them to go to like the living room area where Alexis is. So he's trying to pass. And as that happens, Maya nips at him and mm -hmm. she gets him in the eye and immediately everybody's yelling. They're screaming. It's like pure chaos. The camera people are everywhere. It's like nuts. So immediately Alexis comes and scoops up Newton He's like screaming and she's trying to figure out what's wrong. Eventually she realizes that he's got cut on his eye and is bleeding. So she's trying to get that taken care of and like put compress on it and all that. We see Justin doing what he should have done in the first place and put Maya in another room. He scolds her and tells her she's a bad dog. But, but not really aggressive or like he means it whatsoever. Yeah. Like he's supposed to say that. Like bad dog. Uh, meanwhile, Alexis is on the phone trying to find an emergency vet where she can take Newton to get his eye checked out. While she's doing that, Justin is like sulking in his guilt. Mm -hmm. uh, eventually, she goes into the bedroom and he follows after her. She says she's going to change clothes. So she closes the door on the cameras. Their mics are still hot, so we can still hear them talking where he's trying to apologize and she's like not trying to hear it at all. He asks if he can go with her to the vet and she tells him no. And he says that he understands how important Newton is and that's why he's sad and frustrated and upset and he wants to be there for her and da 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 da. And Alexis is like, I'm so mad right now. I can't even with you. No, you mm -hmm. can't go to the vet. Leave me alone. She takes the dog, leaves. So the next time we see them, it's the day after the dog incident. Alexis is back at their place with Newton. He's got a cone he has to wear for a week until his eye heals. She says it's a tough situation because they both love their pets, uh, but they're going to have to try to figure this out. Justin is actually taking Maya to a training facility for two weeks that specializes in aggressive dogs. So maybe they can get this under control. So then we see Justin actually driving Maya out to this facility. And he says he this is something he has to do to save his marriage. They show the um, closed circuit TV footage from the night before where Alexis is saying that she's scared now. Like this dog has already attacked her dog. So who's to say Maya isn't going to attack her next. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know the temperament of this dog and it's not cool. Justin says he's trying his best to fix the situation, but he loves them both. Back in the car, he says he's being ripped apart because he's had Maya since she was five weeks old and that he's prayed about it and hopefully it's all in God's hands and da 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 da. But once they do get to the facility, Justin reveals that he told Alexis that if this training doesn't work, he's going to get rid of the dog for the sake of their marriage. Absolutely do not believe this 
at all. As no. soon as he said it, I was like, no way. Yeah, I don't believe that at all. And then I started thinking, you know, if he did do that, he would resent her so bad. And it wouldn't work out that way either. You know what I mean? Like, either way, it's yeah. a lose-lose situation. Right. But I felt bad for Maya, too. She looked pathetic behind them bars. <laughs> I know. I was like, ew, this place looks like the pound. Right? It sure does. This place sucks. This is worse than the studio. You would think the amount of animals that have been on this show, the camera crew or producers would have said, you know what? Because it's not only dangerous for the dogs, it's dangerous for everybody there. You right. know, who, who who's to say that someone's not going to stick their hand in between and try and pull them apart and, and get mm -hmm. hurt? So mm -hmm. does the production have liability in this? If so, I would have made them pay for this damn training. <laughs> Send them to an all-star resort, not this desert trap wherever he sent her. <laughs> pay for those medical bills that Newton has now. I don't know. You're 100% right. Because, yeah, like these animals, yeah, they're a liability to everybody. Like mm -hmm. there should have been a plan, period. Yeah, yeah, but it should have been done outside, on leashes. I mean, it's not rocket science. I don't know why they're so dumb. I don't know. Well, I mean, we see Alexis who treats her animal like a person. So that's the first problem. And then a lot of people were speculating that, or online at least, that Justin is just green. Like, this is maybe his first time owning a pet and it being a, like, pandemic puppy. So it's not used to interacting with anybody ever but him yeah that could be it too yeah so i don't know there's a lot of factors but yeah this was all bad and could have been handled a lot better but next we see them talking to pastor cow and they immediately start talking about this whole dog situation alexis says that she was taken aback by the whole situation because he, she trusted newton with justin and then her dog ended up being hurt Justin says that he thought Maya could handle the situation and just, you know, just underestimated how left things could go. So Pastor Cal questions that this isn't an issue about lying or anything like that. And Alexis says that Justin told her after the fact that Maya has had altercations before with other dogs in the past and that if she would have known that, that would have been a red flag for her. But Justin tries to flip it and say, well... It wasn't relevant to tell Alexis because in the situations when Maya had snapped before, it was because other dogs were antagonizing her. So they started the fight. And um, this is when Alexis says brings up an issue that she has with Justin. She says that Justin doesn't see omission of the truth as lying. He doesn't tell the full story when he's explaining things to her. He tells half story and that's good enough. And it's moments like these that remind her that He's still a stranger and moments like this make her want to retreat back and run like she has in the past. Uh, Alexis says that in this process, you are marrying a stranger, so you can only go off what they're telling you and what they're saying. So especially at this point, she has to pay attention to every little thing that he's saying because that's literally all she has to go off of. Yeah. Oh, this is when Pastor Cal asks if she knows who Justin is and she says, no, not really, not now. Mm -hmm. And of course, Justin starts crying. Pastor Cal asked him what's going on. And he says he feels like a crappy pet owner. 
He ignored the signs of aggression and now it could cost him his marriage. Pastor Cal says that he knows that Justin is very empathetic and he doesn't want him to get hung up over this. It's a test and, you know, marriage is going to be a challenge. They all need to give each other leeway to be human. Everyone makes mistakes. They just need to build a foundation of trust. Pastor Cal asks Alexis what she needs from Justin and she says she wants him to overshare. She wants to know it all. I have a feeling she's going to regret saying this. (laughs) But Pastor Cal tells Justin that when he's giving his truth and telling her his all, he needs to be 100% clear and say, put everything out there. All of it, 100%. Justin says he needs from Alexis to have faith in Maya, basically. And Alexis is like, okay, but you need to keep your word that if the training program doesn't work, Maya's out of here. And this is when he starts backpedaling. Mm-hmm. We already saw him do earlier because in an ITM, the producers asked him if he's really willing to get rid of the dog permanently. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't even want to manifest it. I don't want to think about it. So that was already sign number one. He was just all talk to appease her in the moment. So again, he's telling Alexis it's not going to be an easy decision. Da, 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 da. And Alexis is confused because they already had this conversation. And to her, either this works. And if it doesn't, that's it. So then Justin starts talking about how he's had Maya her whole life. And he can't just part with her like that. And it's not as easy to do as it is to say. And in ITM, Alexis says that if Maya comes back and is still aggressive, she's not going to be, she's not going to feel safe. And she has a hard time trusting what Justin says at this point. You know, she's not willing to compromise her safety. And, you know, this could potentially be an issue. A big, big, big one. And that's kind of where they leave it for this week. A few episodes back, I was like, he, Justin is, is he love bombing her, right? trying to manipulate her emotions to get on board with this relationship because it was overwhelming the amount of affection and uh, words that he's just spouting out at her and now i see it coming into play where he's trying to manipulate the situation to benefit him already you know Mm -hmm. he knows he did it's his fault he knows he's done wrong he knows he didn't say the whole truth yet he's turning it around to make her feel guilty about the situation because you know that's not an easy of course it's not an easy decision to make whether to get rid of the dog or not but he's already they've already discussed it you know so i i feel like this is going to get worse (laughs) and in different ways in different ways she's going to see how manipulative he is i saw this a mile away right even in the moment when it happened she's like what's going on he's like nothing the dogs are screaming (laughs) What do you mean nothing happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what I was thinking about was people were talking about how after the Pastor Cal visit, we weren't going to see Ben and Morgan. But in the preview for next week, we don't see Alexis and Justin's housewarming party. We see Ben and Morgan actually decorating for their party, but we see these two fighting before that even happens, mm. before they even get to the party. Yeah. Hmm. So I wonder, wonder cat. <laughs> Well, their next, uh, the next episode on these two is going to be really, really interesting. I'm here for it. Yes, I would here to see this fight because it looks like Alexis is being petty. And I want to see how Justin is going to deal with it. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Lindy and Miguel. Last couple. And it starts off with them hanging out in their new space. Uh, he tries to joke with her saying that he's allergic to cats. But he's not allergic to cats. He's just, he's just being jokey. But what kind of stupid question was that if he's like, I'm allergic to cats and she's like, oh, well, do you take like Benadryl or Allegra? 
no, bitch, I just don't hang out with cats. Why would I take medication for something I don't have to deal with? I didn't think about that. Yeah. So stupid. (laughs) She's funny. Oh, man. But he does think it's cool that, you know, this is their new space, but it's also Tweety's new space, too. And she emphasizes that this is the kind of we'll see time that they're going to have. So they're coexisting. Things are being real. He brings up decision day. And she says decision day is a trigger word for her. It stresses her out. The timeline factor is what stresses her out the most. And he says he's not looking for an out. He's trying to be realistic because it is coming. And she shuts it down. She does not want to talk about decision day at all. And that's where we leave that scene. What is her problem? Like, she's just waiting so badly for the other shoe to drop. Why can't you just be happy? (laughs) I know they seem like they're getting along just great. So I don't get it. And he's already told her before, like, stop trying to make a problem. Nothing's Mm -hmm. wrong. Everything's fine. Yep. You're doing this to yourself. Quit it. (laughs) Next scene. Very short little um, scene where Lindy finds out that she snores. It's not just Miguel. She snores too. I thought that was funny. He was like, girl, you snoring in Mexico. I was trying to spare you, but. (laughs) You want me to say it on national TV? No problem. (laughs) So then we get to Miguel's house. It looks pretty good. I didn't see any kind of red flags anywhere. She pulls out the jar of bacon grease. Is that a cultural thing? I don't know, because I know in my house growing up, we definitely had that. Mm Mm-hmm had a lid we didn't keep it in the refrigerator it kept it at room temperature but it did have a lid yeah because i don't think it lasted long enough to that's terrible it didn't last long enough to go back (laughs) (laughs) at room temperature so he continues his tour he has toys on his desk a la igby okay (laughs) i will admit back when i did have a desk in an office i definitely had hella toys (laughs) i had a killmonger funko pop I had a Tina from Bob's Burgers. I had a K2SO from Star Wars. I had a My Little Pony. I had Giraffe. I had Slinky. I had Fidget Spinner. I had a Pug. I had an alligator. I had a couple alligator heads. I had a spider that I used to hide places to scare people. And I had a three foot tall skeleton named james that is a lot of toys shout out to james that's my home james was cool i used to love me some james <laughs> you should still decorate him. to dress him up for every holiday <laughs> you should still do that he would have a back to school outfit right now dang r.i.p james again because he's already he was already did man you gotta make work fun somehow if <laughs> well, i gotta be there for all this time can i at least do something to entertain myself that's what i was gonna say i think that's the only socially acceptable place for toys to be as an adult is your office because it makes you fun and approachable exactly that's why i had the candy dish at my desk that had everybody i knew everybody's favorite candy in the office so that they would come by and get candy and then i could talk to them instead of work <laughs> perfect exactly <laughs> it worked everybody just thought it was just so nice and it's like no, i just don't want to work <laughs> So then we continue the tour. He busts out the D&D books. He says these are his Bibles, to which she cringes and says that's sacrilegious, but okay at all. Uh, He kind of leaves her to her own devices. She's exploring the apartment while he goes to the restroom. He's not peeing. He's changing into his alter ego, Bear Man, and pops out and scares the bejesus out of her. Okay, this is when I was like, wait, am I Miguel? (laughs) I have so many animal onesies. It's 
ridiculous. Like any animal you can think of and non-animal. I have just have them. <laughs> Shark, giraffe, owl, cheetah, penguin, pig? bunny. Don't have a pig. Dinosaur. <laughs> but you're not playing D&D. Uh, the list goes on. Fox. No, I'm just wearing them at home. They're actual pajamas. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I don't wear them outside. No. And they were, there's a meaning. I didn't just buy them to buy them. Well, some of them I did. But it was it was tradition. Every Before people started putting out the Christmas pajamas for like the family that all matched, uh-huh. we would get onesies every year. So mm-hmm. every year for Christmas, I got a new onesie and then I just accumulated them over the years. <laughs> now you have like a whole side of the closet of onesies. Yeah, a whole, <laughs> it's its own dedicated area. Nice. <laughs> I love them. All right. So then Miguel, you know, is giving an ITM. He says that the connection that they have in the past has taken him months to build with people, maybe months and years. Mm-hmm. They've done it in a couple of weeks. He's really feeling Lindy at this moment. She doesn't judge him. He likes all his nerdiness and he just feels very accepted and appreciated. When he was in his Berry Man costume, she was like, yeah, we'll save this for later. And he's like, exactly. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That was funny. Then we see them in their new apartment. Miguel surprises her with some really pretty purple roses, it looks like. They were very cute. And uh, she's helping him cook. He makes like a cross-eyed face at her. And he's like, would you have loved me if I looked like this? And she's like, I would have accepted whoever was at the altar. She was willing to do whatever to make it work. And he's like, well, not me. I was looking for a reason to get out. (laughs) But at this time, she has completely won him over. And he thinks that's really special in and of itself. He says this is only going to work if they're both unapologetically themselves. And she brings up decision day again. And she wants to call it something else. And right away, he's like, I've been thinking about it. We're going to call it a vow renewal day. And she loves it. She loves the rebrand. He's making spaghetti. She's loving it. She says it's really good. And he thinks that they're really good together. That they have something that's intangible. He can't put his a name on it. But he, he really likes where this is going. And she says same. But she never has to guess what he's feeling. He's very transparent. And she's never ever had that in a relationship. Again, she compliments his cooking. She says he's a 10 out of 10 chef. What is he going to call his restaurant? And he says, Lingel. And of course, she swoons about that. They stole my bit. What? I always do the couple names. I didn't do it for this Ah, season. Yes, you did. (laughs) You usually do do that. Well, now you have to make up the rest. We did that earlier, remember? Didn't go so good. (laughs) No, that one wasn't very good, though. (laughs) Did you see people were giving her flack because he came home from work and had to cook while she was just sitting there looking at the door (laughs) waiting for him? You could have started the meat or something. Right. <laughs> Put the water on. Anything. Something. Something. Boil it. Jeez. That's all right. That's really funny. No, she's just sitting there at the counter Chilling. looking at the door. Hey, she said don't judge her on what she does on her own time. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Lastly, Pastor Cal visits. He asks how their marriage is going. Miguel says it's great and fun. And she agrees. She says it's new. It's still a baby. Everything's fun and funny. And he's so great. She loves coming home to him. But she's she's still waiting for some kind of conflict. She wants to see how they react to it and how they come through with that. And Pastor Cal's like, don't worry. It's going to come. But don't be welcoming it. Don't be waiting for that energy. And she's like, yeah. 
is true. He then asks about their expectations, and she says that she was ready no matter what. And, you know, she had just said this to Miguel. She said that whether there was no attraction, she was going to build and find attraction somehow. She was ready to do it all. But Miguel has just made it really easy. Everything's been falling into place, so it's all good. And Miguel says he went into this ready to give his everything for eight weeks. But she makes it so easy that he really doesn't think like that anymore. He tells them about their rebrand of Decision Day. They call it Vow Renewal Day. And Pastor Cal loves it. He then asks, what do you need from him to feel that he can stand the test of time? And she tells him that if there is conflict, she wants him to stay sturdy and not tell her. (laughs) And he's like, I don't think I can do that. He says he's been there. He starts censoring himself. And when he starts doing that, he starts checking out. And to the point where his friends call him a doormat. Pastor Cal says how he communicates is pivotal to how this is going to go down. He needs to re-examine his feelings before communicating them to her because she's pretty sensitive. And Lindy says, yeah, that feelings come and go. So if you're going off a feeling that's really scary because that can change super quick. She doesn't want to know when he's pulling away because that feels like a punishment to her. And Miguel says he doesn't know if he can do that. And that's it. You know there was more to that conversation, but nope, commercial break. (laughs) And that's the show. Mm-mm. What do you think about that last part? It's kind of childish. If you're, if you have a problem, don't tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I want to see how we're going to argue and have disagreements and come to a resolution and resolve those things. Yeah. But how are we supposed to do that if I never tell you how I feel? If a feeling less than positive, I don't understand. I don't think she's as steadfast in her, I guess, her wants as she thinks she is. Like, I think she's going to waver on a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. And and they do get in some sort of altercation next next episode. Yeah, that was... Why does she need help finding a doctor? I don't I don't know. I don't ask my husband for help asking for, for a doctor. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the last person I'd want. Well, and that's another thing. She's in the medical profession. Like, shouldn't exactly. she know some doctors? <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know. We'll say on Wednesday, mm-hmm. yes. But yeah, tune in next time. We'll discuss that episode. Again, if you have any cheese mail, go ahead and send it to us on social media. We are at Cheese McQueen's podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at Cheese McQueen's. On Wednesdays, Igby live tweets the episode so you can catch her there and join the fun. It's always a good time. And again, if you could rate, review, subscribe and share this podcast so other cheesemosas can find us, that would be amazing. So please do that. Igby, you got anything else? I'm hungry. (laughs) I have to put my baby to bed. So bye. See ya. Oh, 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 oh,